Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the Cricket Collective on Talk Sport 2 and uh, part 2 of a watch along Sri Lanka 2018. You've already heard so many of the tales uh, that surrounded uh, Talk Sport's first cricket tour overseas in 13 years. Uh, well now the rest of them including one of the greatest Sam Ellard stories uh, you'll ever ever hear. So stay tuned for that and also of course the culmination of what was going on on the field. You're listening to the Cricket Collective and a look back at England's 2018 tour of Sri Lanka. People, uh, it seems like throughout your career, write you off and then um, yeah, you keep proving, wanting to prove to people all the way through that um, you, you work hard at your game, the stuff behind the scenes that people don't see, the recovering from... Uh, injuries that can potentially keep you out for six to eight weeks but you get back in three and a half and you're able to be fit to play in a game yes you might not be comfortable you might not be 100% but it's those things that um, that put you in a place to be available for selection to make these things these things happen like today and the sleeping on an ice machine the doing your rehab in the gym going through the, the stuff that actually really hurts and missing games and the, the hurt that's inside and people saying X, Y, and Z about you when you've not necessarily done a huge amount wrong for the last last couple of years. Um, yeah, it does hurt. It's not nice, and it's all well and good people like sat watching on telly and sat behind a desk having opinions, but they've never been out in the middle. They've never they've never experienced 30 degrees heat, running between the wickets, running into ball, keeping wicket with gloves on in humidity or anything like that. And it's those bits, and it means a, a heck of a lot today um, to come in and. The challenge batting at three um, to come in and, and do well it, it means a huge amount I don't feel that anybody's written you off there's plenty of people, things that have been said uh, by, by a few people that have uh, that haven't been necessarily the politest things shall we say 
You're listening to Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2, a look back at TalkSport 2's exclusive coverage of the Sri Lanka series uh, back in 2018. And uh, we've rocked up in Colombo for the third test match. England are 2-0 up with just one to play. We arrive at the ground and uh, find that the conditions are cramped, to say the least. Uh, the commentary box essentially was so small. Well, it wasn't just small, was it, guys? There was also one other massive problem with it. And that was the huge concrete pillar slap bang in the middle of it. <laughs> it was ridiculous. And not only that, it's, Sri Lanka is a very hot country. So you've got to have air conditioning in every single booth. Um, the, the room was small. There was a pillar in the middle of it, which essentially meant that Sal, the producer, didn't see any cricket. He just looked at a concrete post for five days. And behind him, was this aircon blowing directly jets of cold air down his neck? <laughs> so his legs were his legs were hot, and his head was cold, and he was looking at a pillar, <laughs> and that was it. I think to be fair with Sal, I think in all I know that one was particularly bad, but I think in all three uh, commentary positions for him, he didn't get a good view of, of any cricket. I think he said to me after the tour, he'd been out there for fifteen days of Test cricket and didn't really see a ball being bowled live. He had to watch it all off all off the TV, but. <laughs> It felt like a fitting way, didn't it, to end a, a pretty chaotic tour when it came to commentary boxes and hotels. That, yeah, I mean that it was, it was, it was small, wasn't it? I mean, you could barely fit more than you know. If you weren't on commentary duty, you had to pretty much leave the room, didn't you? It was, it was, it was chaotic. Absolutely, but look, in terms of the action on the field, and it is a great little ground. There was another guy that was back. It was Johnny Bairstow, uh, brought back in for that third Test match, and it's probably the innings that is kind of like led to this stereotype that, you know, he's flame-haired and he always produces when he's angry, this kind of thing. But it was a bit of a strange moment. Let's hear uh, Mark Nicholas. It was a, a strange moment in so far that there was a dog on the pitch for a while and then he <laughs> neatly segued into Bairstow scoring century. It was actually, it was Nico at his absolute masterful best. So uh, here's how Johnny Bairstow went to 100 um, in Colombo on TalkSport 2. Sander Can takes his time. He comes into bowl. It's a sweep from Bairstow. It's a hundred from Bairstow. It's a moment to savour from Bairstow. It's a cry of elation. The comeback kid has made Colombo his own. Take a bow, Johnny Bairstow. Absolutely delighted for the young man. And you could tell, I mean, I think you could hear it there on the through the stump mics. We certainly could. There was three screams of yes, yes, yes. So that was the century moment. And then that interview off the back of it, where he spoke to Nico and the team and he just gave everyone, it, it was, it was bizarre, wasn't it, Bats? It was no real, uh, didn't sound particularly joyful. He sounded angry. It was like kind of giving both barrels to, to people. Um, it was a bit of a strange way to react after scoring a century. Yeah, particularly the way that he played. Um, I remember his first 20 balls, he was at like 25, 26. He played beautifully. A couple of big off drives and a nice punch uh, off the back foot. He played really, really well and, and been really positive and set the game up for England. But it was kind of the build-up of what had gone before. Um, he was very driven to, to get runs and we all knew that. But it was the fact that Ben Folks had turned up on the tour as a reserve, not meant to be in selection. So Butler didn't take the gloves. It was Folks that did in that game. And, and Bairstow felt as though he'd been pushed out um, unfairly because 
thought should not have even been in selection, I, I think was what he was trying to get at. Um, but we should have been keeper. He was second string, so on and so forth. And I think it was just a huge amount of emotion that uh, a man had, uh, had lost his test place because uh, he announced himself fit for the second, didn't he? And then England said, you're not fit and left him out again. So it was just the whole, there were rumours about England wanting to slot him in at number three and just bat and not keep wicket. There were lots of things. And I think what came about and what what I think we have to gleam off, off the interview was that these guys are under so much pressure, even your best outcome and the way that he played, you're not going to get many better outcomes than that. The pressures and, and the whole psychological build-up over a period of time just flew out and it came out in his interview. And I remember... Myself and Goffey sort of speaking to him afterwards, just saying, look, calm down. Before you go to the written press, just calm yourself down and, 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 and gather your emotions, particularly Goffey was very close to him. And you could see it's just a guy who wants to do well, has a huge amount of, uh, of, uh, of pride, and um, it just came out. So in some ways, brilliant. In other ways, probably we don't need to see that uh, as, as much. But um, make no mistake, it was one heck of an innings. Yeah, I think I think we got the because I think you're right, Bats. He did the written press last. I think he calmed down after us, and um, he then also did I think Sky before us, and he wasn't as quite as forceful with Sky as he was with us. He then came over to us. And I remember standing next to Mark at the time, and my jaw my jaw was just open. I think we're we're so used to in listening to sportsmen sort of give you know standard answers. You know, it's all about the team. I'm now looking forward to the next Test match. And I know it became pretty hard, but I thought it was quite refreshing just to hear his, his passion, his determination, and sort of you know two fingers up to the written press, perhaps certain people in in the England dressing room. But I remember watching him, and he just there was just passion and and raw emotion in him. And I found it as an England fan as well, just quite refreshing to hear an England player lay it all on the line. Um, but it was the most extraordinary interview I've I've heard for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what people don't realise as well is. You know, he's got cricket in his blood, doesn't he, Johnny? And he's he's a di- he's a different kind of tourist. Again, we're talking about the ways that you 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 get your head around touring. Now, what people may not realise is is that when Johnny tours, very often his family come with him. You know, his mum and his sister. Um, I think his um, you know, and his his mum and his sister had been at those first two Test matches, and they hadn't he hadn't played, and he should have played the second one. He felt, and you know, that he must have felt their frustration as well. You know, that's not relevant I suppose but you care didn't you you care when your mum and your sister are upset so yeah it was it was an interesting moment and it and it did show you know Johnny at, at his tigerish best on and off the field in terms of the uh the action England 336 by this point you, you just had the feeling Sri Lanka were a beaten side but they did make a good fist of things at the start 173 for one in reply you know they had they had he had a feeling that they could make a real go of this. Karuna Ratney, who is by far the best of the uh, Sri Lankan batsmen, also Danajaya De Silva, following up the five for, for uh, Lakshan Sandakan, but wickets toppled quickly, and it was a five for Faradil Rashid. And, you know, you can see, especially when England are touring in the subcontinent, why England are so keen to get Adil Rashid back in that side. But unfortunately, you know, I think we've seen the end, the, the, the last of him, but certainly... Not only does Rashid, did he produce the goods in that series, but you just got the feeling Rashid being in the, in the, in the side also brings out the best in Moeen Ali. Yeah, they're very close, aren't they? They're, they're great friends uh, off the field as, as well as on it. Um, I think they very much understand where their life is when it's not on a cricket field. And, and that, those are the things touring uh, particularly. 
Um, you need those allies. You need those close, close people around you that understand you, that pick you up when you're down or, or, or bring you down when you're, you're a bit too up. And uh, they're great friends and they bounce off each other. Uh, look, from an England fan point of view, the biggest thing is his skill set now is, and we saw in that series, uh, is second to none in the world from leg spin point of view. There is nobody else in the world that you would say this guy has Adil Rashid covered in, in Test cricket. And uh, from a fan point of view, I think that's where we, we miss that because his skills are as good as they're going to get. Um, and it's a shame he's not going to be there again this time around. And he complimented the other two so brilliantly. And I, I, again, that, that just seemed like a conversation that should have been had to say, look, we're not going to, put you through the mire. You're not going to have to bowl the excessive overs. We need your X factor for certain periods of the game. You're going to be treated like, you know, I mentioned the, the Australian three fast bowlers. You know, you're our Brett Lee in that scenario. Moen Ali is your Gillespie and, and, and McGrath, your, your leech, who's going to bowl more of the overs. However you want to, to work it out, but I, I think it's a real shame for English cricket. And, and you know what? It might be that his shoulder can't take the the rigours of five-day cricket, absolutely fine if that is the case. But if it isn't, you know, as an England fan, it's um, it's really disappointing that he's not going to be there this time. Well, let's hear how Adam Rashid took those wickets on TalkSport. Here is... Uh, oh! BW appeal! Sundaram Ravi thinks about it and raises the finger. Adam Rashid has five wickets. Sundaram Ravi raises the finger for the second time. And Sri Lanka have been bowled out extraordinarily for 240. They've lost their last eight wickets for the addition of just 53 runs. And England will take a lead of 96 into the, into the second innings. That was Adil Rashid uh, with a fifer. Uh, England with a first innings lead and looking good to take the series 3-0. Uh, stay tuned. You'll find out exactly how they go about doing that. This is the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine 
and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Jennings has pushed half forward. He's been struck on the pad in about a line of off stump. Comes in towards us. Burns, he's on the pad. It's very full, it's out LBW. In the air, he's caught and short leg. That's an amazing catch, I've got to tell you. The ball was back of a length and he worked it firmly off his hip and short leg clung on. Out, Cottonball, Joe Root. Wow. England are doing more than just wobbling now. They're close to panic. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. Myself, John Norman, uh, alongside Gareth Batty and Sam Ellard. Looking back at uh, England's tour of Sri Lanka back in 2018. Um, So, uh, you left us with England uh, again in a dominant position. Big first innings lead. um, uh, And despite losing early wickets, 50s from Butler... Uh, another solid innings from uh, Ben Folks, meaning uh, Sri Lanka needed 327 for a consolation win. Let's hear how England's innings went along. Butler, who takes it on the full and hits it past mid-off for four. Just Butler, 49 not out, prepares to face Dilruan, comes down the pitch, pushes into the offside, takes the outside portion of the bat and goes down to third man. He touches down at the non-striker's end, makes his way back to the far end, and it is another 50 for Joss Butler. Folks just gently... Push drive, down to long off for a single, and that single brings up a 300 lead for England in this test match against Sri Lanka at the SSC. Jack Leach, who's beaten outside of off stump, whips the bails off, and Jack Leach goes. England 230, all out, the lead, 3-2-6. So another 300-plus target for Sri Lanka, and uh, it was Alian Leach again. Um, combining, so between the three of them, Rashid, Ali and Leach, absolutely crucial. Uh, four wickets for both Ali and Leach in that second innings. And uh, England win, this, win the Test match by 42, which does sound quite close. Um, in fact, it looked like the, the game would be finished early. But uh, the last partnership put on uh, a good whack. It looks close, but in truth, Bats and Sam, 3 um, nil sums up pretty much uh, where it was. There were some moments where Sri Lanka competed, but England, once they got their noses in front, eased ahead and, uh, you know, just showed their skills, but also their experience of making sure when you're on top in Test cricket, you really ram home the advantage. Yeah, I think rather than just this game in isolation, I think the whole planning of how England were going to go about playing in Sri Lanka, they were expecting turning pitches, they picked the three spinners, the three spinners performed. Did they perform? It was arguably as good a performance from England spinners as we've ever seen um, travelling uh, the subcontinent. Um, the methodical nature of how they went about it in blocks of the game was brilliant. Um, look, at 42 runs, I think England probably would feel that it was a far more comfortable game than that. Although 42 runs on some of the surfaces was, was quite a massive um, margin of victory. But um, I think Joe Root uh, deserves a huge amount of credit and the backroom staff, uh, coaches and, and management 
for how they went about setting it up. And it happened, it's, for me, it started from goal when the pitch was tacky and we went really aggressive. We, we tried to bat in such a manner that we put them on the back foot rather than just trying to bat out that session. And I think that set us on the front foot. The tactics were brilliant. The players were brilliant to execute those tactics. And the nice thing um, for Rashid, Leach and Ali were that they, uh, they cleaned up in the wicket sticks and uh, there were some brilliant batting performances along the way. It's, it's never easy, is it, going to the subcontinent and winning? It's not something England have done often, Bats. But were you surprised at the lack of quality, should we say, in the, in the Sri Lanka team? I mean, as good as England were, did you think that they'd put up a bit more of a fight, especially with the bat? Yeah, I think when you look at Sri Lanka and a team for the last 15 years, um, how they had been, they're quite a combative team. There was sort of, a, you know, you, you knew you were up in a fight. I felt at times they didn't quite battle like they had done. And it's very difficult when you lose your Jaya Wardner, well, even before that, Murawitha and Jaya Wardner, Vass, uh, Sangakara. I mean, we're talking about the best of the best. You don't replace those players overnight. And in a smallish country, uh, it's difficult to do. So, you know, they're, they're, they're sort of, uh, call it the golden years. Uh, there's going to be a, a dearth for a while and it's going to be difficult because you can't replace those players. Because those players didn't start off being the greats that they ended up being in the first 20, 30 test matches. They needed time. Sri Lanka mm-hmm. needed that time. And those players were in a, in a relatively successful te- team when they were blooded. Um, the players coming through now, they're, they're kind of on their own. And I think their biggest, the biggest thing now, that w- what they have to do is they have to learn from what England did. And yes, you know, your, your Rashids, your, your Ali's, your... Uh, your leech uh, route maybe with the bat or, or folks with the bat will get the plaudits. But if you look at England's whole series in the three games, there were four, five, six players making good contributions throughout the game. Sri Lanka had one or two. So it needs to be a bit more of a team performance in output and try and put the opposition under pressure as a, as a group of players. Aside from all this, there was... Uh... There was not something else happening, you know. There was a a groundswell, you know, the, a, a movement. Um, it seemed like something had happened, and I really picked up on this when I was at the end of the day's play. It was the end of the series. It was the end of the tour, and I just popped down to the uh, to the side of the pitch. We'd finished broadcasting, and I cast my eye where um, a big bunch of England fans were congregating. They'd enjoyed seeing their team win, and they were all taking photos and they were calling over. You know, a guy that had suddenly become, you know, this, uh, he was an unknown and now was a big celebrity. And it was Sam Ellard. You know, <laughs> he, was, he was surrounded by Barmy Army. Oh, Sam, Sam, come over here, Sam. Tell and take a photo, Sam. I've got this amazing photo, which I yeah. took of Sam having his photo taken <laughs> uh, by all these Barmy Army types who were like, yeah, come in, come on, let's get a photo with Sam. Um, I've got to say that is... That's my favourite. That was, yeah, that was, um, I think, the first time. That, that was someone, your favourite moment. So, someone, no, no, I'll tell you what my favourite moment was in a second. That was the first first selfie I'd ever had taken of me. And the fact that he got it on camera, John, was quite a cool moment. But do you know what? Something we haven't spoken about. And Batch just reminded me, because you mentioned his name. One of the most surreal moments to me on all three tours that I'd done was when I went round to Kumar Sangakara's house in Gaul. Yeah. Now, we Bats, didn't even like, talk about no, that. No, no, like this was so casual. Bats kind of like mentioned it in the test match. Oh, I'm going around to, to Kumar's house. Do you want to come? And I'm like, yeah, of course I do. And then I went into Kumar Sangakara's house and he is the nicest man you could ever possibly meet. I'm sat there 
on a sofa eating his food and he is coming up to me like one of the greatest cricketers of all time asking me if I'm okay asking me if I'm okay for a drink and it's like Kuma Sangakara is making sure I'm okay and it's just it was like so cool I'm sat there in Kumar's house after a test match having a drink with him and I think Ian Ward was there Bats was there quite a few other members of the TalkSport team was there but that was just surreal where you're like Kumar Sangakara is there unbelievable okay well look we're running out of time uh, but I've mentioned my favourite moment. It was, it was uh, Army Army versus Talk Sports. Uh, that was your favourite moment. Bats, uh, have you got a moment that's, that comes to mind? Do you know what? I, I actually think that train journey was, uh, it was something I was a little bit apprehensive about. Not apprehensive, but it, there was a lot of dilemma about it. And I was sort of, I'll go with the floor. But it, wow, I'm so pleased I did it. It was quite incredible. And I'll tell you what, it, I'll tell you what it's done at home now. All these train journeys that are on TV, I watch them. I think it's amazing. <laughs> I, I, it was such a good thing. Uh, truly, it, the four hours felt like four minutes. It was absolutely magnificent. And to be there with the man of the people, Sam Elard, and your good self yeah. was, uh, <clears throat> was brilliant. No, it was. That was uh, you're right. It was brilliant. The scream when uh, suddenly the, the mild drop appeared. But you know, we're coming to the end of the show. It was. There's so many amazing mo- memories. The food as well in Sri Lanka. Mm. I think in terms of the, the food, I don't think there's a country that comes close. Um, but we can't end the show or complete the show without actually hearing that. And you're going to have to be quick. The story that, well, I'll set the scene, right? It was at the end of a day's play in Candy. We're back at the hotel where we're staying. And suddenly Jared and Sam come back. Jared looks, um, well, rather, Sam looks slightly subdued. And Jared is the opposite. Jared is like, uh, Jared is loud at any time, but he's loud even for Jared. And Jared is quite excitable quite a lot of the time. But even for Jared, he's way beyond anything we've seen before. And all he's saying is, Sam nearly died. Sam nearly died. Sam nearly died. And the way that Sam nearly died, even now, I have no idea how I would have explained that to the bosses. And I don't know what I would have said to your parents at your funeral, Sam. But maybe you can tell the, the talk sport listeners just how close yeah. you came to uh, to death, essentially, in a way that unfortunately would have left, led to laughs for the next 20, 30 years. For, for the listeners, they're, they're probably it sounds ridiculous, but I promise you it's the God's honest truth. Me and Jared were in a tuk-tuk. We used to film a little social media thing, Jared Kimber's tuk-tuk. And um, how do I phrase this so I can say on on the radio? A cow was trying to escape a bull uh, because the bull was trying to, um, you know, I think the bull liked the cow. And I swear to God, <laughs> we were in the side of the road and this cow had come on, had, had, had come next to the tuk-tuk and I looked to my left and I saw this cow next to me and then behind it was a bull attacking the cow. And thank God, our tuk-tuk driver, he did so well to manage to get into the next lane. Because if he didn't, this cow, I was next to the cow, Jared was the other side. This cow was going to come straight into the tuk-tuk and knock us over or, you know, it it, could have killed me. Because they were, as you can imagine, gigantic. But I've screamed. And the (laughs) tuk-tuk driver's done so well to get into the other lane. It sounds bonkers, but I literally managed to just escape being killed by a cow who was being attacked by a bull. (laughs) 
and that is why you are the man of the people. <laughs> oh, God, don't even go. Oh, it was unbelievable, but oh, those tuk-tuks. Right. Guys, that's it. <laughs> that, that was Sri Lanka. You can't, you can't follow that, so I'm not going to try to, but I hope that we have communicated the craziness of that tour. Oh, wow. It was, it was an incredible two months. It, nothing will ever, ever touch it in terms of madness. Um, Andrew McKenna said it was a, the toughest tour he'd ever been on, and he's had 20 years of this. For me, it was the most stressful two months of my life. Um, but boy, did we have some laughs. Um, yeah, brilliant. Guys, you were absolutely integral parts of it. Thank you so much for sharing that journey. I hope the listeners uh, have enjoyed uh, listening back to uh, a bit of the action, a bit of the commentary, but also some of the tales from the Talk Sport tour bus. Uh, this has been a Sri Lanka watch along from 2018. You've been listening to Gareth Batty, Sam Allard, myself, John Norman, and this has been the Cricket Collective. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 